Oh, it's a wide old world of peas. Tries the back alleys. I couldn't even speak to a woman wearing a beret. How'd you find me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello Liz. But I do not have a cat. Should we say, oh yeah, the Dreamies advert. <laughs> that must be effective advertising. Because you knew it was Dreamies, didn't you? I did know it was Dreamies. And we don't even have a cat. We don't even have a cat. <laughs> like the advert says. That advert has got into my brain. Do you ever find that? An advert just tickles your brain and you just hear like a phrase or something from it and it just keeps going round and round. Yeah. Not music, just a phrase. Mm, absolutely. Uh, the one I think that always sticks is the Jaffa Cake advert. Oh, a classic of our time, yeah. of course. Yeah. A full moon, half Half moon, moon. total eclipse. Yes. (laughs) She did have an accent. I'm not crazy. No, she did have an accent. And recall a video going around when Moon Knight came out on Disney Plus. One of the actors from that doing the Jaffa Cake thing because it was Moon Knight. (laughs) No other reason. I don't believe the Jaffa... I haven't seen it yet, but I don't believe Jaffa Cakes are a fundamental part of of the the MCU. No, Uh, it'd be weird if they were. It would be weird. Sure. I'd like that though. I because the thing is whenever they do like it. Sorry, any, sorry, what would you like? I'd 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 You'd like, like it. I'd like if it. If a fundamental part of the Marvel cinematic universe was Jaffa Cakes. I tell you why, right? I'll tell you for why. Because this is the thing. Like I saw a post a little while ago. Um I think it was around the time that either the latest Spider Man or the latest Doctor Strange film came out, and it was from a cinema somewhere and they had a little chalkboard of basically saying, is there a post credit scene for all these films coming through? Right. And that's the thing that like Marvel like always does. And everyone else does a little post credit scene as well. I and hope this is coming back around to Jaffa Cakes. Absolutely it is, right? Because of this, this whole thing ties into like law. And you know how I feel about law. Data's brother? <laughs> no. Like the law of something. You know? Oh, the law of the, something. The, yeah, the yeah. wider law. All this MCU stuff, anytime one of the films comes out, there's always people like complaining about it people who are like the massive nerds like i remember when one of the like iron man sequels came out and i heard from a friend of ours that he was really unhappy that they featured the mark 42 armor because he prefers the mark 41 armor and i'm Ooh, like oh that's nerdy if well, you've got th- a preference right this yep, is it nerdy. okay this is what i'm saying so and and that's not uncommon in like hardcore like marvel fans what i'd really like is something in there they can all obsess over like, oh, what does it mean what does it mean where does that tie into and it's just put in there just to fuck with them and you'd like that thing to be jaffa cakes yes yeah, i'd like it to be a really like subtle but pointed motif of jaffa cakes yeah right like you know maybe like like samuel jackson's there as nick fury holds one up to the light, the light and look, to look at it and it like I, shadow covers his eye that I kind of thought thing. you were going to say he's using it as an eye patch maybe even that but just just okay. in one just in one frame of one scene like you know which is like, probably offensive but I did think that's what you were going to say <laughs> so I'm sure other people's brains will have gone there <laughs> that's fine but I mean that's better you know they cut to him and he's got like his normal eye patch and then they cut back to like I don't know Captain America talking and then they cut back to him and he's got a Jaffa cake in his eye Jaffa cake instead it's just no just a Jaffa cake instead of the patch right and then cut back to him again and it's the eye patch just for a second, I may go. Wait, what? That—that's what I want. Okay, just just enough 
because th- whenever they do like a trailer or something like that all these youtubers come out and they do all these like videos of like analyzing trailers. so it's like a 20 minute video analyzing a 30 second like teaser of all these things hidden there okay and i'd love it just to be like we don't know what the jaffa cake means but we know it's going to be important and the big twist liz it's never important and I- it's never explained i'm sure on some level you know that this isn't a good idea no, I, I don't. Firstly, Jaffa Cakes, I'm just going to say it now, I'm not a big you know, comic book aficionado, but they don't have a place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> That's my first ruling, because I'm sitting in judgment now. My second ruling is nobody likes it when something's put in there and then doesn't have a purpose. It's put in there as bait to make you think it's going to be a thing and then it doesn't turn out to have any importance. No one likes that, right? No one likes it. So don't do it. Don't ever do that. I tell you what's worse, though. Oh, dear. Than it being in there not having a purpose, right? It being in there and then the purpose, the explanation, being thoroughly underwhelming. No. It isn't worse. <laughs> it's not much better, but it is better. Right? This is my ruling. I've ruled on this, right? Obviously, you put the thing in there and then it has an awesome explanation. That's what we all hope for. We get it, all right? But if it's an underwhelming explanation, I'll accept that. You tried and swing and a miss. But if you put it in there, just to mess with our heads. No, no. <laughs> Foul. Foul play. That's my ruling, and it is final. Okay, well taken. All right, that you heard it. You heard it here. And can I just say, right, that all of the stuff that we've said so far sounds like nonsense, but we watched Mr. Ben, and I'm here to tell you, it has a, a, a hook at the beginning, mm-hmm. and not a post-credit sequence, but a post-action roundup. <laughs> yes. Both of these episodes, because it's 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 very formulaic. Both both of these have a, a a tease in the opening scene, and then they have a a roundup at the end. Yeah. So I'll tell you what the well when we get to it, we'll we'll tell you what the post credit sequence is for Mister Ben. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about. It. So this week, as you say, we watched Mister Ben. So the two episodes we watched are the Red Knight, which is the first ever episode broadcast, and the Spaceman, which is from later on in the run. It's not a long run, though, is it? 14 episodes in total of Mr. Ben. Which is wild to me, because you always hear people talk about Mr. Ben. And I've got to be honest, I think I, I, I think I was confused on what Mr. Ben was. Why are you confused about Mr. Ben? I thought he was the bloke that owned Bagpuss. Right. Quite genuinely, in my mind, Mr. Ben and Bagpuss were the same show. <laughs> okay. And I I haven't never seen either. Right. I've never seen either. And I thought Bagpuss lives in a shop and Mr. Ben owned that shop. Right, but you've seen like a photo of like Bagpuss. Yep. And a photo of like Mr. Ben. Probably I had, but I hadn't quite in my mind, I didn't have time to store that information, so it just melded down into one. Okay. So, because the thing, because they are... Do you not do that? Do you not think, like, you know, in your in your brain, I haven't got room for a picture of Kevin Costner and Mel Gibson, so I just keep one in there. <laughs> Under both headings. Yes. 
No, I don't think I ever do that. You don't do that. No. No. Okay. No, I. No, I, I don't. Th- I don't. I don't keep. You don't. That's not how your memory works. No. No, I don't think it is. I mean, I. I've got a bad memory for names. Like I can meet someone, recognise them, and forget their name completely. Even people I work with, people I've known for years. That's not a problem with your memory. That's because you don't care. <laughs> I do care. I care <laughs> very highly about people whose names I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, would you like some background on Mr. Ben? Of course I would. Okay. Well, Mr. Ben, created by David McKee, who sadly passed away last month, uh, but he also created Elmer the Elephant, King Rollo, you know, very prolific artist over his career. I did, I did notice it looked like King Rollo because that's one I've wanted to do for a while. And I did recognise the similarities. Yeah. It's it's, it's it's quite a specific animation style, very paired back. And I, I quite enjoyed it. Well, this, I think I think this thing is, I always thought of this as one of those things that there's masses of episodes of. But the original run in the 70s, there's 13 episodes total. Wow. They did a new episode in about 2001. Oh, Okay. Which is in the same animation style and yeah. is based off a book. Because again, this is a series of books and they made into a TV show. Incredibly, the reason this was broadcast in 1971-1972, this first 13-episode run. Yeah. So they ran six in 1971 and then, third, and then the first six and second seven in 1972. They then repeated it twice a year for 21 years. Amazing, yeah. And then further repeats in through the 90s up to 2000. Right, so I think we've got to call it the Poddington Peas effect, which is where it is repeated so often, but it's for such young children that they don't notice there are barely any episodes. Yeah, and you just assume hundreds of episodes are made because it's always on, whereas in fact there's a tiny amount of episodes, but you don't notice the repeats somehow. Well, that's it, and I think with this as well, because the setup of this, like the Poddington Peas, it has the setup of there being endless possibilities. Like when you see the opening of Poddington Peas, there are thousands of different peas there. Oh, it's a wide old world of peas. But I have to say, the opening of this does not. I'm sorry, I have to contradict you almost immediately. The opening <laughs> of this does not hint at endless possibilities. The opening of this hints at seven possibilities <laughs> because the opening titles are Mr. Ben and Mr. Ben Ordinary is in a sort of businessman suit with a, a hat, a bowler hat. Looks like, you know, a banker. Yes, he does. Okay. And then the, the opening titles is a wheel and it just, this wheel slowly spins and you see Mr. Ben in a variety of different outfits. So there are not endless possibilities. There are seven because it comes back round to the start. <laughs> it, it does, but I feel it's got that same thing as like when we did play days, and the sign would spin each time. And yeah, there's only like four things on the sign, but it feels like endless possibility. And the other thing is, in this, when he goes, he goes into a costume shop near the start of every episode, and again, that's full of things. And you think, ah, oh, well, there could be endless amounts of costumes you could try on. Well, that's the whole premise, isn't it? Yeah. That he goes into a costume shop and then he has his adventure. Yeah. But they do do a little, like, you know, build up to that. So I said they tease you. Yeah. They tease you with what's going to be in the episode. So the way they do that is they show you the road that he lives on, which is called Festive Road. Yes. And he lives at number 52. Mm. And there's all, you know, people out 
in the street and whatever, and there are kids playing. And in this first episode, they're playing with wooden swords. Yes. And it's a knight. And in the second episode, they were playing with rockets. And it's a spaceman. So I did like that. I appreciated that. You like a little subtle foreshadowing. Yeah, so I like those little, like, yeah, the, like you call it, it's foreshadowing, but it's it's just a little token. They can change it each time mm. to fit what's going to happen. I think it's, re- I think that's really cute. I like that. Yeah. Yes, it's, and it's this very idyllic sort of life, isn't it, on this street with you know kids happily playing in the road. Surprised they've even got wooden swords and not yeah. you know just a stick. <laughs> Well, I think yeah, you know, it's it's a street a banker lives. It's quite an upmarket. Oh, of. it's upmarket. Yes, yeah. That's this is true. this is because this thing he's wearing his black coat, the bowler hat, like you say, the pinstripe trousers. I mean, he really he does look like your stereotypical banker, like the banker's dress in Mary Poppins. Yes, definitely, definitely Mary Poppins. He's an unusual central character, I would say, mm. for a children's show, especially as it is a kind of adventure fantasy sort of thing. Just, he's just a banker. He seems to be single. Doesn't seem to have a family, does he? I I actually have a lot of question marks over Mr. Ben. I, I think do, I think we'll get into it, won't we? Yeah, I mean, I do too. And yeah. I mean, I tell you, immediate flag. Right. Because um, basically, he, he starts off, he's talking to the postman. I, I was going to say, he's not just talking to him. He waits for him. Yeah, now he immediately. He waits for the postman. Now, we know why this is a red flag, don't we? Yes. Because my dad does this. Yes. My dad has befriended multiple postmen. <laughs> Not just he says hello to the postman and exchanges pleasantries, like to the point where um, one of them was like obsessed with, um, well, Marvel and comic books and whatever. So they used to talk about all the films. And then now he's got one that likes records. So he talks about vinyl and everything. So my dad has a habit of befriending postmen to a degree where, like, if my mum answers the door, they're disappointed. <laughs> There's something a little bit wrong about it. Well, there, there, I think it's also coupled with the fact that your dad doesn't just wait for the postman. If it's like the Amazon delivery or something. Oh, he tracks him. He will track him yeah. and see when he's like five, ten minutes away and then go and sit near the front door. To be honest, he is retired, mm-hmm. right? And I just think um, Amazon tracking and not having anything else to do with your time if you're a pensioner, just it was always going to be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, so Mr. Ben is waiting for the postman, as your, as your dad does. <laughs> and um, the postman gives him an invite to a fancy dress party. Right. Straight away, I'm suspicious. Yep. He just doesn't look like he's got any friends. Doesn't say who it's from, does it? No, it doesn't. And and again, it's this kind of thing of like I get it's it's an older thing, but he's living on a street seemingly surrounded by families. You know, like you've yeah. got the kids playing, you've got a lot of hustle and bustle, and he's just there permanently dressed as a banker, waiting for the he seems like a man completely out of place. He doesn't have anything any job to go to because at, at no point do they mention any work. No. And he's able to, as the second that this arrives, he's able to say to himself, I'll go into town and get a fancy dress costume. Yeah. Before that, though, he does say, and this was a big, big red flag for me, he didn't like parties, but he did like fancy dress. Right. Now, 
I'll tell you why this isn't a red flag for me. Okay. That's 100% me. <laughs> right? Big mood, as the kids would would have said about six months ago when that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the kids were saying six months ago? <laughs> six months ago, the kids were all like big mood. And now, not. no, I think they would just say mood. You're right. You're right. I've muffed it. <laughs> I mean, it's fine because you could have gone with either. I still don't understand no, no. what that means. No, mood. It's just an agreement. It's just like, oh, it's like if like, you say, oh, you know, I just want to lay down on the floor and eat a biscuit. And then somebody goes, mood. They're saying that is literally the exact way that I feel. Oh, okay. So, so what you're telling me is the youth of today have used mood to replace... Yeah. Or no. same. No, come on now. Now, don't be criticising the youth because it makes you seem old. Right? <laughs> what I'm saying is that they're using it as... A, it's, it's like, it's not just yeah, Will. It's like the essence of your soul. It's like the, all the fibre of your being goes, yes, that is exactly it. That is exactly it. That's what mood me. Mm. Or it did six months ago. As I say, I think it's gone out of fashion. <laughs> So fickle, the youth of today. Oh, it's so fickle. Anyway, not liking parties, but liking fancy dress. Okay, let's see who would fit into that camp. Larpers. <laughs> larpers like a party, just with other larpers. I know what you're saying, right? But if you invited a larper to a party where there was no fancy dress, would they like it? I think so. I think I think you're harshing on larpers here. I don't think I am, Will. I mm. I think that, that I mean I, we can't generalize all larpers. Yeah, that's not mood. <laughs> oh God, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to relate to the youth. <sighs> well, don't bother. There's none of them listening. <laughs> this is a podcast about Mr. Ben. Why would the youth click on it? Will. <laughs> No, I'll tell you what it was, right? There was a way they said fancy dress the second time. When he said, oh, he didn't like parties, but he liked fancy dress. Sexual perversion. Well, I think that's it. And we all know, sweeping generalisation, that bankers, by and large, are deviants. You, when, when you heard he doesn't like parties, but he does like fancy dress, you heard he likes to, you know, get dressed up and be spanked or you know yeah or you know like they'll get together and like you know do drugs off each other's bodily parts and then slam them in desk drawers you know it's that that kind that of thing kind, that kind of thing that kind of thing right. that, that bankers are renowned for being into okay i'm not saying all bankers are deviants i'm just saying i think we're fine to say all bankers are deviants in that case i'm saying all bankers are deviants i don't have a problem with that i'm fine to generalize bankers <laughs> i did feel bad about all larpers don't like parties <laughs> but i i just think i don't like parties but i do like fancy dress i mean i think this is probably does say a lot about me. Am I? I'm neither a banker or a LARPer. I think you're closer I... to LARPer than you are a banker. <laughs> but am I closer to just a sexual deviant? <laughs> we need a graph. We need a, uh, no, a Venn diagram. Multiple overlapping Venn diagram. <laughs> Introverts and likes fancy dress, LARP. That's what I'm saying. That's right. what I'm putting in that crossover point likes fancy dress and sexual deviant those blokes on channel four with the dog masks that's what goes in there right okay okay see that 
And then you you got your sexual deviant and introvert. Sexual deviant and introvert. Oh, I dread to think, Will. <laughs> oh, dear. Banker. It's banker, isn't it? Yes. No, yeah. they're not introverts, are they? Well, I think it depends on the banker, really. They're always so loud on the phone. Bank, bank accountants. managers. <laughs> <laughs> accountants, yep. Introverted and sexual deviant accountants. That's all that is. Okay, fine. Is the Venn diagram done now? I think the Venn diagram is done. <laughs> so but anyway, Mr. Ben, like you say, he heads straight off down the shops to look for a fancy dress costume. Um, tries the big shops, no joy. Tries the medium shops, no joy. Tries the small shops, no joy. Tries the back alleys, yep. That's where he finds what he wants. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's one step above tries a phone booth and picks a card up. Oh, it, it did have that vibe, didn't it? He's going into this shady-looking little shop <laughs> with a suit of armour in the uh, in the window. A red suit of armour. Yeah. I mean, it, the drawing, as I say, the drawing style is very minimalist, so we can't say what material that's made out of. But I'm guessing it's not a metal suit of armour. No. Probably latex. Yeah, I just say rubber, yeah. It's rubber. <laughs> anyway, this is it. the whole thing is perverted. <laughs> um, so he goes into the shop. The shopper keeper... Shop ke- shopper keeper? <laughs> I am a massive fan of the shopper keeper. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm being honest, right? As soon as I saw the shopkeeper, I was like, yes, this show's for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even even though I'd they tinted at sexual deviancy... It wasn't until the shopkeeper that I was sold. He's got a look on him, hasn't he? It's the look. The look is so good. The man is wearing a fez. <laughs> yes. He is a fat man with a moustache. Yep. A waistcoat and bow tie and a fez. <laughs> that is the best look that exists <laughs> in the history of the world. <laughs> In the history of the world, that has never been better. That's peak. That's the peak. I think it's just always funny to see a fat man in a fez. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's uh, To be honest, I'd agree with that. I want, right, an entire room of my house to have pictures on the wall of fat men wearing fezes. That's what I want. Unfortunately, I have to live with you, so, you know... <laughs> I have to have limits on what I want. But uh, genuinely, I don't think anything could please me more. It's, uh, it, it, fat man wearing fez, right? Plus a bow tie and then facial hair. Right. Do, do you want these men doing any particular expression? <laughs> I'm not putting out a request. Do you understand that? <laughs> Good. I, feel like... I was just going to troll the internet. I'm sure there'll be many in existence. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this now. When you're out, I'm gonna do this. There's no greater look. It brings me joy. It's not a sexual joy. Just to be clear, just joy, just joy. I will wait for the day I come home and find the house wallpapered floor to ceiling. It's happening. <laughs> With fat men in fezzes. Yep. It's happening. <laughs> the shopkeeper is yes. brilliant. I love him. Yeah, I mean he he's a he's he and he's always giving a little glance off to the side and his hands kind of folded in he front knows. of him. He knows. Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, what sort of establishment is he running here? Because 
not only does he run a fancy dress outfit, the most perverted of shops. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing at that? Because <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, uh, don't you think? Don't you think everybody who runs a fancy dress place is probably a pervert on some level? Well, I, 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 I don't. I hadn't considered that really. I, I mean, it, when you say it out loud, it sounds entirely reasonable. And it's, <laughs> As an assumption, reasonable. entirely reasonable assumption. Like if someone said to me, if someone like did like a like a, a reel or something that said things you didn't know about society. Number one, everyone who runs a fancy dress shop is a pervert. I'd be like, okay, I can believe that. The good kind of pervert, though. The good kind of pervert, yeah. Like a kinky pervert, mm. not they should be in prison. <laughs> I'll just cut this bit out. <laughs> I- <laughs> uh. Anyway, I I've, I do find there's an odd vibe to this show because the, the shopkeeper's sort of like, do you want to try it on? Uh, he gestures to the uh, fitting room. It's yeah. like, he's luring him. I, we know from later on that he is luring him because he wants him to go through the magic door. But why does he want people to go through his magic door? Well, this is the thing. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... Because he takes him through the magic door... And then brings him back in. It's just ah, oh, just just back to normal. And he never see how is he keeping this business going? Because no one ever takes the costumes away. Well, he doesn't need money. He's to be. He's magic. He's somehow he's got a whole other agenda. Will I'm telling you. I reckon he's that, getting off on this. Yeah, but anyway. So on this, uh, yeah, shopkeeper shows him into the dressing room. He changes into the red suit of armor. Yes. Looks at himself in the mirror. And then spots another door in the changing room. Right. For me, wouldn't go through the door. Because if I saw another door in the fitting room, I'd just go, oh, uh, probably a storage. Yeah. This is this is my house. I'm just going, I'm not just going to open a door. <laughs> well, be rude. Yeah, be no, rude. Yeah. I'll just check out what this outfit looks like. It looks terrible. I'll take it. <laughs> is it suitable for my banker's fancy dress party? Yes, it is. I don't think that, I don't think he's a banker. <laughs> he dresses up as a banker as a cover. As a cover. Okay. We already know he likes fancy dress. That's true. Right? He's not a banker. I've already told you he has nowhere to be. He did not go to work today. His entire day is shopping for a fancy dress outfit, which he didn't know he needed. He is not working as a banker. This man <laughs> is is it oh, Maybe he's a dis- I, you maybe, can't trust him. Maybe he's a disgraced banker. Well, a lot of them about. Like in Mary Poppins, where Mr. Banks causes his son causes chaos. But we know, we know from Mary Poppins that if you are disgraced, they punch the top of your hat out. That's true, they do punch and his, the top of your hat he, out. And his outfit is immaculate. <laughs> That's true. Anyway, he's gone through the door. He goes through the second door and dressed as a knight. Dressed as a knight. And is now in a rocky countryside. And he spots a dragon, right? Yep. Now, my... Uh, I sh- they say it's quite large, but I, 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 it really is a large dragon. Well, it is, yeah. And he, I, I, what I can't understand, what I can't get into the brain of Mr. Ben and understand is, he thinks that that is someone else in fancy dress. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at a dragon, a large dragon. They say it's quite large, but it's very large. Mm-hmm. And he says to himself, "Oh, that's a very good costume." Now, I can't tell 
if he's very intelligent and he's playing dumb, or if this man is so removed from reality that he can't put two and two together and go, there is no costume in the world that is that convincing a dragon. Well, I I think he's still holding on to his real world notions of dragons don't exist, therefore this must be a costume. I think I think that's that's what's happening here. This is the this is the main part of Mr. Ben is when he goes off on his adventures. Mm. I've got to be honest, I would have just watched him and the shopkeeper hang out all day. <laughs> when he went off on this adventure, we start going into the backstory of the dragon. I don't care. I want I want Mr. Ben's origin story. Yeah. Well, you know, where does he work? Why is he not working now? What's he up to with his time? What why is he on his own? Why does he why does he have all this free time? I mean, he seems very happy. He's always got a smile on his face. That's that again is a red flag. For me, you shouldn't be happy all the time. Yeah. You should not be that happy. Normal people aren't happy all the time. In my experience, that might just be the effect I'm having on them when I meet them. <laughs> but you know, I don't I don't recognise people to be as happy as Mr. Bennis. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> The um anyway, well it's it, it's all right because the dragon is sad. The dragon is sad, yeah. We'll find this out. It tells us a long story. Oh, a long story. Basically boils down to the dragon used to light everyone's fires and then one day a match seller appeared. Matchmaker. Matchmaker appeared and uh in order to get rid of the dragon, lit some barns on fire. He the matchmaker commits arson and blames it on the dragon. Which you would believe Well, Except the dragon has a really good relationship with the king. The dragon is well known for lighting everyone's fires. Yeah. And yet they don't, they instantly uh, believe this this bloody matchmaker who's just turned up selling his matches. Yeah. It's, I, there's no justice. At first, I've got to be honest, I had no sympathy with the dragon because I thought, you know, he's obsolete now that match, matches are invented. It's much more convenient. You can take a packet of matches everywhere. A dragon can't be everywhere. The co- they were saying, oh, the dragon did it for free, but the matches cost money. I'm sorry, but the cost of a packet of matches does not compare with the upkeep on a dragon. Well, that's true. But, I mean, it's a, it's a large king. You know, that dragon is looking after his own food. You know, he's presumably going out hunting sheep or whatever else. Well, but- who, who owns a sheep, Will? Sorry, sorry. No. These wild sheep. It's a fairly small kingdom. You're telling me that dragon, he lives solely off of wild sheep. Well, yeah, I think it's got to, it's got to do something. Otherwise, people never complain. Picks off, never picks off the sheep of a local farmer? Well, no. This is why I think it's incredible that when he burns the barns down, they immediately go, ah, oh, dragon did that. You know, that's... that. That's Yeah, I, I just think... I just think... He's he's been hard done by here, this this dragon, and well, that's what he says to Mister Ben. He wants his help, yes, basically, because he they've they've said they've run him out of town. I said, well, you've committed arson. I don't think they ever say arson. No, um, run him out of town. So he's like, we, I can't go. Oh yeah, and that is, and, he's, and something about stealing the king's horse. No, the king's horse ran away, and the matchmaker, seeing an opportunity to compound matters, said, ah, and. The dragon stole your horse while he was at it. What would well. a dragon want a horse for? Well, I don't know. Or did he say he ate the horse? Anyway, something about the horse. Um, the dragon has now found the horse of the king. Yes. But he's too scared to take it back in case they instantly kill him. Yeah. So he wants Mr. Ben, who's dressed as a knight, to help him out. 
Yeah, because the first thing he says to Mr. Ben is, I know you've been sent to kill me. To live under that that kind of you know, cloud is just terrible for, for any it's dragon. Quite, it's quite an epic sort of line, isn't it? It's a bit, a bit wasted in a kid's cartoon. Yeah. I know you have been sent to kill me. It'd be even better if, if Mr. Ben, full into character, pulled the sword and went, yes, and now you must die. Just kidding. Do you know what's happening here? And he put, and he's, as he pulls the sword out, it's actually a dildo. <laughs> because he's yes. just he's just wearing a latex rubber rubber knight's costume. That's, that's the porn parody version. <laughs> oh God, why am I writing the porn parody of Mr. Ben? <laughs> this is, this shouldn't be what we do with our time. <laughs> Strong disagree. This should be all we do with our time. Um. Anyway, Mr. Ben goes off to the castle. Uh, speaks to the king with who, the horse with the horse goes on horseback um the thing i love about this as well is whenever anyone's legs move in this show mm. they move they've animated it so it's like two or three frames for the leg movements just repeated the flicky legs so it's really flicky legs like super quick like flicky legs like it's i do enjoy that yeah yeah it's i think it's quite funny yeah it, it's it, it it's very particular to this show and um yeah it's one of it's one of these low animation styles that they had, which is where there's very little that's actually moving. Mm. So you cut, you have a scene, like it's just a picture from a book, you cut to a couple of different things, but you don't have constantly animated characters. But the fact that they've just done the legs and the legs move at this incredible speed is quite funny to me i I enjoy it yeah i like it i think it's compounded by the fact they're not actually making that much progress across the screen yes really slow but the legs seem to be moving like a blur (laughs) moving like the clappers love it it's funny (laughs) uh but mr ben gone to the castle very quickly convinces the king and everyone else that the dragon is alive and and didn't set the fires they immediately believe mr ben this is it, isn't it? You just, oh, it's bloody! You can't, can't credit it. That dragon had a spotless work record. They'd had years of uh, of good relationship with the king, and one arson, and it gets blamed on him. And then Mister Ben turns up. They don't know him from a hole in the ground, but he says, "Hey, you know, don't trust the matchmaker." And all of a sudden, they're all falling over him to try and sort things out. Oh, yes, dragon, you can come back. And the dragon gets a job as the exclusive firelighter to the king. Yeah, because the king says, we're going to throw the matchmaker in prison until we figure out what to do with him. And then announces to all the kingdom, you can all have as many matches as you like for free because the matchmaker is going to make them for us in the dungeon. So he has to go in the darkest dungeon and just make matches all day for nothing. It's quite a crime. It's quite a sentence for that crime, isn't it? It is, yes. Again, he has done an arson. Arson is bad. He shouldn't do arson. Mm-hmm. But and it, and I guess there's some fraud mixed in there because he blamed it on someone else. Or oh yeah, and then he started perjury. Price, I don't price know. gouging and price gouging. <laughs> I had a monopoly, yeah, so that's it, yeah. that has to be resolved. <laughs> but, the world's first match billionaire he's trying to become, you know. It's... But even still, forcing him to make all the matches for everyone for free forever. Is I think it's too much. Yeah, but to celebrate all this, there's a big banquet and uh, a big party, and of course, we already know Mr. Ben does not like parties, so he stands at the side of the room, feeling out of place. Again, I do really relate to that. <laughs> I do really relate. I don't like a party. Mm-hmm. I always feel awkward at them. I basically don't want to go to a party 
unless there's going to be a dog there. In which case, I'll make friends with the dog. <laughs> if you get rejected by a dog, you go, oh, he's shy, or oh, she doesn't like strangers, or oh, she, you know, she wants to do her own thing. Oh, you know, never mind. Oh, never mind. If you get rejected by a person, cuts real deep. And if you get rejected by an entire room full of people, sometimes those memories just never go away, Will. <laughs> is, is that because the people can be much more vocal about why why they've rejected you? No, I actually think people don't like to tell you why they've rejected you. And in all honesty, um, they don't like it if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Has been your experience. Has been my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, I still remember like when I was um, at university and I would go out with my friends who were more attractive women than me and men would literally like stand in front of me and start speaking to my friend so that I was left talking to their back. That is criminal. Well, well, they do it because they don't want there to be any mix-up and think for one second that you would ever have a chance or, be, you know, that you would ever have a chance with them. They won't even say hello or smile in your direction in case, in case that, you know... I would then throw myself at them, which I've got to tell you guys, it wasn't going to happen. That's, that's, that's not why you say hello to strangers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, still, I still remember that. And also, I mean, it's not just men, right? It's not just men. Women, even worse, to be honest. I think I, I often get on better with men. Like when there's no... Like now that like we're married and I'm known to be married, <laughs> you're wearing the sign. I'm wearing the sign as agreed. <laughs> um, I can get along with men now uh, easily because you can sort of have a laugh. Whereas, and there and there are like lots of you know women that I can have a laugh with, but what I would say is women on mass. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm not one of them, they know. I'm like, somehow I just don't fit. <laughs> I fit. I'm very bad, very bad at meeting new people. In a group, I will just either disappear totally or make a, make a hash of it and embarrass myself and then have to, like, you know, come home and cry about it. I, I'm not good. I'm not good with other people. Well, I mean, I think this this probably is more fuel to the fact you would get on well with a shopkeeper because he appears out of nowhere yeah. and quietly says to Mr. Ben, do you want to come through here? And le lets him leave. It's like, there's no fuss, there's no muss, there's just... I think I could get along with a shopkeeper. I think, I'll just put it out there, any man wearing a fez, I think I could make friends with. <laughs> I but uh, there's just not the same for women. What 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 sort of woman could I make friends with? A woman wearing a beret, or God no, oh no, I couldn't even, I couldn't even speak to a woman wearing a beret. She's so many social classes above me. <laughs> She's wearing a beret. Oh dear, Miriam Margulies. That's who. You <laughs> <laughs> that's my level, is it? I know. I think that's a woman you could get on with very well. I mean, I'd be terrified of her, but well, yeah, everyone would not be. in the way I am of every other woman. <laughs> Mr. Ben then is back in the costume shop. His his old clothes are on the floor and uh, he changes. Yes, the shopkeeper, again, we like him. 
he doesn't he tidy up after his customers. He knows they're coming back. Is it one of those things where you're just gone for a second? It just feels like more time through the portal? Well, this is my thing. I feel like the fact that you have to be shown into the room yeah. and then you're just left in the room alone. But the shopkeeper comes and gets you. But the shopkeeper comes and gets you, brings you into the room and goes, there's your clothes, says to me, is any of this actually happening? Or is what happens is he goes into the changing room changes into the costume, looks at himself in the mirror, at which point the shopkeeper releases the gas. <laughs> he has this wonderful, amazing experience, and the shopkeeper has a cup of tea for five minutes. Or goes through his pockets, takes his wallet. <laughs> Why would he... That I don't think that would be a good plan. And plus, Mr. Ben, I know he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he goes back for at least six more episodes. Uh, so. he, he does, but like you say, Mr. Ben, he's got nothing else to do. Maybe this he like, just gets his wallet stolen every time, and he's shop- like, you know what? It's so much fun, I don't even care that he's going to steal my wallet. There's nothing left in it at this point. <laughs> I just bring in a Fair succession enough. of empty wallets. Fair enough, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, the shopkeeper asks him, oh, uh, are you going to, would you like to take the suit of armour? Yeah. And he says, no, I won't. Uh, he said, oh, well, I hope we see you again soon. Oh, yes, mm. I'll be back very soon. Oh, no, he, yeah, he's, he says it in a creepy way, he's like... Oh, yes. I'll be back. It's like, it's really, it's creepy. Yeah. Like, he's been but looking yeah, he for a niche take, thing and he's found it. He doesn't take the suit of armour. He doesn't, he decides he's not going to go to the party. Yeah. What's that about? Well, I, I, I don't know. But... I mean, I know he doesn't like parties, but if you're going to a fancy dress party, you can't just go and try on the costume and then say, I'm not going to bother coming. <laughs> I suppose you could now, couldn't you? Because you're just from home, you just take picture of yourself in the costume and go this is what i would have worn have, have a good night <laughs> that's me that's my ideal fantasy dress party <laughs> i thought for a second it's like take a photo of yourself in the costume and i thought you were gonna say and then photoshop yourself in the photos afterwards so when they say where were you say like, i was there look at the photo <laughs> that's a fantastic idea <laughs> There's me, stood behind you. You didn't notice, didn't turn around all right, did you, you prick? Oh, you didn't even speak to me the whole evening. You want to sort yourself out. <laughs> Can I just say, mm-hmm. I, I said before that there is a little, like, you know, it's not a post-credit sequence. I do understand that because the credits are not then played. This is just the end of the episode. But yep. it is a little wrap-up. When he's on his way back home, he finds something in his pocket. Yes. Now... This happens with time travel, portal fantasies, anything where somebody goes to another time, another world, another universe, another place, whatever, is they bring something back with them. And he, But he has brought back a box of matches with the dragon's face on. Now, that was never in the episode. Right? No, he at no point picked that up. And the matchmaker, I assumed he was making quite rudimentary matches. When did he have time to, or, or did the king force him to brand them with the image of the dragon that he tried to frame? It seems, I'll be honest, it seems like the kind of thing that king would do. I know, as if the punishment wasn't bad enough. He's got to pack all these matches that he makes into matchboxes with this dragon grinning out at him. Yep, that's it. I mean, it's savage. But at the same time, entirely justified. I think for an arsonist, blaming going around blaming dragons and then price gouging, you know, yeah. That's how you'd punish those crimes. Cruel and unusual. Yeah, put a smiling face of the person you wronged on the box. 
That's like that restorative justice, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even more restorative would be to say you can still buy the matches at this base price and all the profits will go, will show them to, to dragons the matchmaker in need. and then they'll go to dragons in need. Yeah. Yeah. We'll like, haul this mountain of gold in front of them and say, look, this is what you missed out on, you barn burning, cheating shit. How and much then... did you want to say this is what you could have won? <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, but I resisted the temptation. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is a common thing, though, of Mr. Ben, that every episode he gets a little memento of his adventure. Yes, we'll talk about the next one because the next episode I was even I was even more into. Yeah. Do you want to start with the red flags? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's uh, start at the beginning. We get this, again, this little intro thing, and this time Mr. Ben is in his back garden talking to his neighbour about the grass, and uh, his neighbour looks very weird. I don't think he does look weird. No? I think he looks exactly right for 1971 or whatever this is. Okay. He has an epic tash. Yeah. He looks, he looks so late sixties, early seventies. It's untrue. Well, there's something I hadn't considered because, yeah, actually, he looks period appropriate. Mister Ben looks like the man out of time, like like Quantum Leap. No, not like Quantum Leap because in Quantum Leap he always looked like the person, like inverse Quantum Leap. Like he's, but he's there, but he seems like he seems completely out of place. I I don't think so. I think a banker is a classic look. It's not trendy. The neighbour is trendy. Ah, uh, okay. The na- yeah, trendy 70s handlebar tash. Because a banker nowadays wouldn't look like that. No, that's true. They, they've they got those like shirts with the white collar and then the shirt is a regular colour. <laughs> is that what they wear, Will? Yeah, that's it. That, that's what they wear. And yeah. they carry the massive cell phones. You know, the big brick-sized ones. And they yell, sell, sell, sell into them. Are um, you thinking of the 80s? I might be thinking of the 80s. Okay. But yeah, do him as an 80s banker, and then that's that's your update. What? Well, update it not by nine years. Yeah, yeah. Right. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, so they're having discussion about grass, and the neighbours... <laughs> not that grass. Not that grass. I know it's the 70s, but... <laughs> but the neighbour is saying, oh, I always thought your grass was greener, and Mr. Ben goes, I thought your grass was greener, and they both laughed, which I find hard to believe. Well, I think from that you get where this episode is going. I, I know it's for children. I know we shouldn't big up that we get where this episode is going, but it is, it's fairly heavy-handed. <laughs> what I want to say about Red Flags is before he gets into going to the fancy dress shop, he goes to the park and he watches some small children and he tingles with excitement. Oh, God. I and I assure you the events happen in that order. Um <laughs> and then he goes to buy a spaceman outfit. Not even to buy again, but I think by this point he's given up all pretense of buying shit. Oh yeah, he's not exchanging any money with that. That him and the shopkeeper have a different arrangement. They have an understanding. <laughs> Anyway, so by this time, there's no messing around with where am I. It's like, I'm going to dress as a spaceman, go through the door, he's immediately on a spacecraft with a taller, mustachioed spaceman. Yes, and that spaceman does not seem surprised to see him. No. So it could be like Quantum Leap. He could be, because he's put on that outfit, he's stepped into somebody else's life, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because I can't imagine a scenario where 
somebody should be more sure that they're alone than being in a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> so already in space. Oh my God, where did you come from? Exactly. But yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense because when he's the knight, they immediately accept him as a knight. He doesn't oh, have to you go, oh, I'm Mr. Ben. I'm a retired banker, but I'm dressed as a knight, but I'm not actually a knight. It's like, oh, hello, red knight. You know what it is, right? Go on. These are not fancy dress outfits. These are the clothes of people who died. The shopkeeper, he's like a time lord, like Doctor Who, and he travels through time to when somebody's about to die and he steals their clothes, (laughs) takes them back to his magic shop where if you get into those clothes, you can live a bit of that life. (laughs) But leaves the person naked to die. Yes, we don't worry about that. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. You like that? I like it because it explains things about this sadistic shopkeeper. <laughs> I don't think he's sadistic. He doesn't kill them. Well, no, but I mean, he, he has the magical powers to go to wherever they are and yeah. nick their clothing. Presumably, he could also save them or pull them out and no, put them in something else. he can't do that. He can just nick their clothes. His, his powers are limited to going there and taking the clothes of the recently deceased. Maybe that's why. In order to run his fancy dress shop. <laughs> Maybe that's why he always shows Mr. Ben his clothes on the floor when he comes back into the into the dressing room. It's a thing of like, look, I could have left you for dead. and I could let you die there and then put a banker's costume in the front of this shop window. But I didn't, Mr. Ben. Maybe Mr. Ben is also dead. That's why he doesn't need to go to work. Ooh. And all the people get to extend their lives by just t- trying on each other's clothes. Nice. So you think there's like a, a medieval costume, ye olde costume shop with like a banker's clothes in it and everything else? No, I think the it's, it's one shop. There's just, there's just that one shop. Okay. But the Red Knight, he's, you know, last episode he was wearing the Spaceman outfit. Right. Oh, okay. Do you get me? Uh, yeah, okay, so when you see that wheel spinning at the start, that's not, here's Mr. Ben Nietzsche's costumes, it's here are seven different people no, those rotating are all, through those costumes. Those are all Mr. Ben. Oh, okay. But there could be another series of this show called Red Knight, and he wears all those outfits too, and he lives a little bit of all those lives. Right. Do you get me? I get you. I, I get really you. want you to get on board with this I, idea. I mean, I'm on board I, with it. I think maybe they don't even... Maybe, maybe, if you want the shopkeeper to be more benevolent, maybe this is a way that they extend their lives. That they were going to die, but they've done something good. So now they go into this kind of uh, mix of, uh, you know, the ether, and they just, they each can spend a, a few hours in each other's life keeping that, keeping that essence going. Nice. I, see, there's there's levels to this. I hadn't considered as possibilities. I'm on board. Are you on board? I'm on board for this. Do you, do you actually understand? Because I think it's quite convoluted. <laughs> I mean, I think I understand it. I think I understand it. I understand it. Because Which... when I look at the shopkeeper, I know he knows more than we see in this. Right. He's he's definitely he's got powers. Weird because he appears from nowhere. It's not just the fez. It's not just the fez that makes me think he's a time lord. It's the whole ensemble. It's the whole ensemble. <laughs> it's just his vibe. Just a vibe, you know. Mood. 
No. No. Damn. <laughs> no. Wrong again. Wrong again. <laughs> Mood. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're in the spaceship, Will. We're in the spaceship. We've had the foreshadowing of grass is greener on the other you know, on the other side. And the little kids playing with the rockets. And the little kids playing with the rockets. So obviously, first thing we're doing is off to a planet which the mustachioed spaceman tells us is covered in gold and gems. Yes. And he uh he says it looks very ordinary. Mm. Before they land, but it's going to be covered in golden gems. Now, what does a very ordinary planet look like, Will? Venus? Sorry? I don't know. <laughs> What's more ordinary about Venus? I don't know, just it's more uniform. I just think every planet looks extraordinary. I've never looked at a planet and thought, well, no, ordinary. Well, I, I, I guess like... Like it looks like a rocky surface. Like you think, okay, Mercury and Pluto. I know technically not a planet, but Pluto both look rocky on the surface, right? Like a moon does. Okay. So I, I think that's what he means. But like that's your generic planet. Like if you have to just draw a planet, yeah, you draw like a rocky planet. Like Mars you... is not a rocky one, but it's just red. You know. Right. But I wouldn't say Mars looks ordinary. Well, I know, it's got that face on it. I don't think it has got a face on it, has it? Yeah, it's got a face on it. That's the moon. The man no. The man in the moon. <laughs> no, not like that. On actual Mars, there's a smiley face. What? <laughs> Do you not know this? <coughs> I don't... There's, there's a rock... I don't think I know this. There's a rock. There's several rock formations on Mars. Basically, that look like faces? Yeah, yeah look that's faces. every planet, surely. But there's one that looks like the smiley face. You know, that classic smiley face logo with like the... The drugs thing? Yeah. Oh, now I understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on drugs. <laughs> anyway, they go to this planet and they start gathering up gold and gems and everything else. Oh, they're gathering up so much, so much stuff, just loads of armfuls of it. Yep. And this this bloke in rags is sat there and says... Again, this is a completely deserted planet. All there is is the golden jewels. Yep. Nothing. There's nothing there, right? And then they see a man dressed in rags. I I presume he's dressed in rags because he's eaten most of his clothing. There's nothing about this that makes sense. (laughs) Because the man in rags says... This is a useless planet, because as soon as you leave, all the jewels will turn to ordinary rocks. Mm-hmm. Right. Firstly, what's, what's an ordinary fucking rock? Because <laughs> you you get some rock... If you say all rocks look extraordinary to me right now, <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> if you go to the moon and bring some moon rock back, you can sell that. Well, you can do, but you can also... I mean, moon rock's not all that. I've touched moon rock. All right, Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> no, I went to, I, when I was a kid, we went to Florida, we went to like Cape Canaveral, and there's a bit we can go and you can just touch a moon rock. It's just... Right, listen to me. Yep. You had to go to NASA to touch moon rock. So, would that suggest to you that maybe. Isn't a very common thing on Earth. True, but I mean, I could I could have bought a little bit of moon rock for like, like in the gift shop. 
Could you? Yeah, like they brought back like thousands of pounds of moon rocks on the Apollo missions. And then after the first one, they were like, there's so all you can do with this. It's just a bit of rock. Let's chip it into tiny little fragments and sell it in the gift shop. Okay. Why'd they bring back so much? I thought like the whole thing was about like, it, it, it takes so much energy to move the tiniest amount. Well, yeah, because they thought they have all these scientific applications. We need to know what the rocks are like. And we can't do like, you know, mass spectrometry on the moon. We'll have to bring back the rocks. And there's no point bringing back one. What if they drop it? What if they drop it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's a rock and that would, you what know. If, yeah, what if someone loses it? What if, what if someone drops it down the side of the sofa? Yeah, they, they lost like they lost episodes of Doctor Who and Dad's Army and they made those here. They, they had to bring them from the, fist, from the fucking moon. They didn't lose them. They taped over them. They're still finding them though in places. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway... Who is the man in rags? Because, listen to me, listen to me. Why is he so poor? He got there somehow, right? And he says, if you leave the planet, these will turn to ordinary rocks, i.e. there'll be no value in them. So, okay, I accept there's no value in them because other people have tried this. This is clearly a world in which space travel is easier. Fine. All right, I accept it. They have no value. But he must have left the planet... In order to find that out. So why did he go, right? Oh, no, wait. He he left the planet with loads of them, thinking he would make his fortune, went somewhere, couldn't sell them, had to sell all his clothes in order to buy passage back. But why would he go back? You know they're worthless now. And he says there's no shops. Yeah, this is the other thing they say. They're like, <laughs> they're worthless because you, if you take them off the planet, they turn into ordinary rocks. And there's no shops here. <laughs> there's nowhere to spend on the planet. That's fantastic, isn't it? Maybe. There, there's, no, there's no shops here, so I can't use my rocks. There's no Wilco for miles. No. Maybe he's like Prometheus. Like... Okay, go on, go on, hit me. Okay, okay. He he found this planet, right? Uh, That's not what Prometheus did. Bear with me. Okay. Right. Yep. Found this planet, discovered that this planet, which looks ordinary from space, when you land on it, it's covered in gold and gems, everything else, right? Left the planet, discovered they turned to rock, but thought, ah, my I know in years past there was this matchmaker, right, who scammed everyone. I'm descended from this matchmaker. I'm going to scam people. Went to one of the, all these other planets nearby and went, look, there's gold and gems galore. You should come to this planet. I'll charge you a fee for access because it's my planet. So he goes back with them. They mine everything. They char- They pay him loads of money. They then leave, discover it's rocks and stuff, come back, haul him up before a, a, you know, a, a jury of his peers take away all his stuff and say, right, your punishment is that you must now stay on this planet forever and you must always tell the truth to people that there's no point taking anything from there and the planet's rubbish. And that's your Promethean punishment, that you're forever bound to this planet. I actually, um, I wasn't with you at the beginning and I thought you were going to have been confused with Icarus. Um <laughs> You were going to say he flew too close to the sun and his clothes all just burnt up. <laughs> his spacesuit made of wax. <laughs> spacesuit made of wax burnt up. But were you saying that it's a godly punishment mm-hmm. that he has to sit on this planet of riches in rags and tell everybody this shit's worthless 
I don't mind that as an explanation. Okay. That's the best one I've heard. We should stick with that and move on. Right. So they leave. They go to the next planet, which he tells them. He said, go to the next planet. It's much better. And uh, they get there, and it's I, it's I, it's like a utopia. Everyone's happy all the time. No, sorry, it isn't. The chief thing that this one has that the, the last one didn't is shops. <laughs> it has some shops. It has shops and cafe culture. It has cafe culture. That's what it is. We don't know that it's a utopia, Will. No, that's true. It says nobody looked poor, right? But... That's that. That doesn't mean it's utopia, right? If you've ever seen a film about utopia, that just means they lock the poor people up. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's. It doesn't mean that everybody's. You don't get cafe culture and nobody look poor, and there's not some seedy underside to it. Yeah, because what this actually is basically is every provincial shire town. Yes. Yeah. It's it's that kind of thing. Of, Who's oh, doing very... all the work? <laughs> this is a middle <clears throat> class town. <laughs> this uh, I don't like. But they they what they think is bad about it is that it's dull. Yes. There's no colour. Literally, literally, it's drawn in grey and black. Someone says if you stay here too long, you'll become dull as well. Yeah. So it's a world without colour. Do you think that's a could you live with that? I, I don't know that I could because I think, you know, it's that stimulation you need. It's that, that life, that vibrancy, that... I've got to be honest, if it really was a utopia, like everyone's happy, all your needs are met, everything is good about it, apart from things are in black and white, I think I'm kind of okay with it. Like, I, I'd at least think about it. I'd consider it. I'd consider it, definitely. I mean, they... I've still got a spaceship, I can leave when I get bored. Um, I suppose you don't know whether your colour will come back. That's true. But if I go other places and I'm black and white, well, they just have to get used to it. Yeah. Anything makes you more interesting in places where everything's in colour. Oh, yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Downside eliminated. I, yeah, well, well, this is what I'm saying. If it really is a utopia, but there's just no colours, I think I, I, I think I would consider it. Mm. Unlike the next planet. The next planet's the worst planet. <laughs> what really you think this is the worst planet yeah okay 100 okay. percent. this is the worst planet tell us about it are you crazy Do you, what sorry what's the worst planet to you the worst planet to me probably is the one after this than the last planet they go to but how many planets are there there are four planets so there's the planet of all the golden gems you can't take anywhere rubbish yeah. there's the dull utopia yeah which we've solved there's next planet where everything is brightly coloured and vibrant and all the people are wearing wild wacky clothes but they're wearing hats with earmuffs because as Mr Ben and his mustachioed friend find out when they get off the spaceship there's a loud blaring noise everywhere those people have already solved it earmuffs the next planet is Brighton (laughs) (laughs) there's loads of colours but it's noisy and everyone's wearing ridiculous headgear (laughs) And looks trendy. And I'm saying, all you need is some noise cancelling headphones. Sorted. I, I think, it, and it's this like, just to be clear, the noise is like this sort of brass band dissonance. Yeah, that is intolerable. <laughs> That's the worst planet. I'd rather live with a man in rags, and we'll just we'll find some game that we can play, knocking rubies back and forth to each other. <laughs> I'd rather live there than live with constant, never-ending noise. But if you can eliminate that noise, 
through some like noise cancelling headphones. But you can't, can you? Then then you can't ever hear anything. You can never hear anything again. You can listen to stuff through your headphones. Podcasts. How do they how do they record the podcasts? Well you can record them off world. You've got a spaceship, Liz. <laughs> I don't want to live on the planet of the podcasts. <laughs> What's the next planet? Next planet they go to is just a rocky one that's very, very hot. That's the worst planet to you? That's, yeah. There's nothing to do. It's hot and there's no one to talk to. You know the only thing that happens on that planet is the mustachioed astronaut asks for somewhere else to go. He asks for a more interesting planet to go to. And the shopkeeper goes, I know one. It's... It's Earth, isn't it? Yeah, basically it's Earth. He says, he says, you know, it's. He doesn't say it's Earth. He says it's you, not. Perfect. But anybody who's ever watched television knows it's Earth. Yeah, he says it's, it's because it's, of the cyclical nature of storytelling. We needed to get wrapped up. We know it's Earth. Yeah. Okay. He says very good. It's not perfect. He sends him off there, and uh, Mister Ben, he, the shopkeeper, and he, he says, says to Mister oh, Ben, no, "Would you like to come into this cave? Come into this cave. It's a bit cooler." Yeah, and it's just takes him back into the dressing room, so you can get out of the heat. And the heat obviously doesn't kill them. But what else you can do on the planet other than leave? Oh, get some peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> telling you that now. You oh. could have done that on the dull planet or on the gems planet, and you've had more to do. I'm not going. I'm not going on the planet of the extroverts. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dead sir. I'm not going on the planet of constant dissonant brass band music no way i don't care how colorful it is i don't care how many earmuffs you give me i'm not going i'm just not that into scar <laughs> i want to sit in a cold cave on my own and hear nothing and be a bit warm <laughs> so mr ben then is back in the shop uh obviously doesn't take the spaceman suit with him but when he was on the first planet he picked up uh, a lump of gold or a jewel or something and put it in his pocket Oh, here we go. I th- forgot about the I forgot about the post-credit sequence. Now listen, when we watch this episode, we always say, oh, we don't talk to each other. You know, we preserve all our uh, our uh, thoughts for this podcast, or, you know, we don't know what the other person thought of it. I could not help myself. I was shouting out because when they got to this planet, right, and the, all there is is a man in rags, my instinct was don't trust him. <laughs> He's in rags, don't trust him. Uh and he says to them, if you leave the planet, it, it won't be gold or whatever. It'll all, you know, turn into ordinary rocks. Uh, I was like, don't trust that. Don't listen to that. Just take a bit with you. Because they immediately put all the stuff down they've been collecting. It's like, take it with you. No reason to trust him. You don't know him. Don't believe him. I'm shouting. I am shouting at the television. Why would you trust him? Just take some with you. Just take some, just in case. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. You got the room? Exactly. If the worst has happened, you have a load of rocks and you can put them in NASA's gift shop. <laughs> this moon rock was once a jewel, but there were no shops where we got it. <laughs> there weren't any shops. But yeah, he gets back home, goes in his pocket for his keys again and pulls out a stone. Yeah, pulls out. so I guess the man in rags told the truth. That's yes. That's what I'm supposed to believe, is it? I think that is. I think that is it. Now, do you think Mr. Ben and the mustachioed spaceman ever saw each other again? Why on earth would you ask that question? I mean, maybe they had a bit of chemistry, but I wasn't expecting anything. <laughs> um, sure, writes him a postcard. I don't know, like well, there was a, there was a vibe, sure. Yeah, because this is the, he sent the spaceman's been sent to Earth, but the long way round. So you know, I presume there's a chance they might meet again. That's what I'm asking. I honestly thought you were going to say he comes back in series two. 
Like I thought you were saying you know something that I don't. <laughs> no. It's not Mr. Ben Return of the Space Fan. Well, um, no. I, I don't think they ever saw each other again. And the reason is because Mr. Ben doesn't see anyone apart from the shopkeeper. All he does is sit at home, not liking parties. Sometimes he goes to the park to watch little children. And then sometimes he goes to the fancy dress shop to have a little adventure. And that's his life. And that's his whole life. So there's no way he would run into that spaceman again. I and mean, I imagine if you've got a spaceship and you can travel anywhere, you probably wouldn't stick on Earth. That's true. Not when there's so many planets around or with different themes. Yeah, that's true. You could go back to find a planet that's in, it's, uh, it's entirely composed of candy floss. But if, really, if you... I had that much candy floss, I'd be like, oh, you know what I'd really go for? Some cheese. <laughs> I want savoury now. I want savoury. If you had a planet that was half candy floss and half cheese, would you be on board with that? I mean, I'm fairly overweight as it is. <laughs> I think to be on a planet with no vegetables, no fruit, no protein, would would you die? Would you die? I think you'd die quite quite quickly. It's, uh, the, the nutritional value of candy floss, I would say, is nil, right? <laughs> cheese. Cheese has some, you know... Uh, a bit of protein in it. A bit of protein, fat, you know. Cheese keep it going for a little while, but candy floss almost nothing. <laughs> um, you've got no access to water, because there can't be water on a candy floss world, because it would disintegrate. I <laughs> <laughs> um, think left with half a cheese world, and that's just going to fall over. I... I I don't think I'm on board with that world. Well, no. uh, not at all. Fair not enough. at all. It'd be like um, I. I just think, I just think you couldn't survive that long with that that kind of diet. That's that's fair. I think that's a reasonable assessment. It it, was, it's like um, it's like have you heard that thing about rabbit? If you eat rabbit, you die. What? You know, you can eat the meat of rabbit, right? Yes. But something about it doesn't have like the nutrients you need. So if you eat nothing else, like literally your entire, uh, you know, entire diet is just rabbit. Right. You would die. Oh, okay. It wouldn't sustain you. Oh, okay. Because in order to get anything out of the rabbit, you need nutrients that are in other foods. I don't know why I know this. <laughs> I'm sure they can't have tested it. They can't have said to somebody, only eat rabbit, and then that person died, and then they went, what? How did this happen? <laughs> I'm sure, I don't know, but I've heard it. I, I don't know why I've heard it. I don't know why I've brought it up. You know the worst bit about that experiment, though? He wasn't even eating the rabbit that killed him. He was hit by a bus. Brilliant. <laughs> hey. Is that a joke about rabbits being roadkill? No. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure on which level it's not funny. Just, <laughs> just checking. Have you got any uh, more facts about Mr. Ben you want to tell me? I have got another fact about Mr. Ben I'd like to tell you. So we've looked at this. You've, you've said this is a fairly limited, it's a fairly small-scale thing. He's got his limited life, you know. He does that, he doesn't do much else. That's what I reckon. Yep. In 1999, it uh, reported a feature film was in development. Imagine. Imagine the state of the feature film. <laughs> uh, it was cancelled in 2001. Yep. Uh, right call. Whoever made that call, that was the right call. <laughs> Project's still dormant. But we do have a couple of people who were attached to the film. <gasps> Can I say who I think should be Mr. Ben before 
okay. before you tell well, the, me. The two I know are Mr. Ben and the shopkeeper. Okay, so you can give me who you your dream casting for both. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. Wait, I need to know when the casting is from <laughs> because. Well, this is between 99 and 2001. So I think this is about 99, 2000. I already know the shopkeeper. <laughs> okay. I knew it when we were talking about men in fezzes. Right, okay. Because I want the shopkeeper to be on Mijalili. Okay, that's that's. He a looks good, good in a fez, right? And I think he could easily do that kind of, I know more than I'm letting on, right? So, but that is, that's that's a lock. I know that won't be what it says there. But that's a lock for me. <laughs> My image of Mr. Ben. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody who's got almost an entirely blank face. Um, would look good with uh, a kind of a comb over style haircut. Almost like um, so boring that they are a non person. Um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Okay, I mean, I can... I can I can see him doing that. I'm not saying he is a non-person, but I can see him doing a non-person. Okay, I I mean, I I think that's those are some solid casting choices. If you want to bring it more up to date, I know you didn't say that you did. Um, I'd like to bring it more up to date. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could bring it bang up to date. We should, we should just do Timothy Chalamet or something. <laughs> no reason. And and Zendaya can play the shopkeeper. <laughs> there you go. That'll be the next chapter of Dune. <laughs> that would be amazing if if the end of like June that came out last year or this year, whatever it was, is basically they wander off into the desert and then it, the, the next one starts with they go into a cave and they appear into a shop and they go ah welcome back there are your clothes <laughs> welcome back there are your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Tell me the casting that they actually okay, had. Okay, so the shopkeeper, Ben Kingsley. Interesting. I'm kind of okay with it. I am okay with it. Okay. He's not as fat as I'd like. All right, fair enough. The, the Mr. Ben. Yeah. John Hanna. <gasps> I nearly said John Hanna. <laughs> I nearly said John Hanna because as soon as I said Omidya Lily, obviously I was thinking about the mummy. Yeah, of course. Of course. I nearly said John Hanna. <laughs> But to me, John Hanna's just too interesting. I love John Hanna. I, I know. You know. <laughs> I'm just I just want the world to know <laughs> that I love John Hanna. I mean, I, that's the thing. The second I saw that, I was like, that Liz, that, that I think you would have queued up around the block to see John Hanna as Mr. Ben. I would not. <laughs> um but I will watch I will eventually watch anything that John Hanna has been in. <laughs> well, there we are, Liz. That was Mr. Ben. How do you like me now? Do you know what? I, this is a difficult one because usually we're um, comparing something that we have seen and then we view it with our adult eyes and go, you know, was it as good as we thought? This I, I had really didn't know what it was about. I didn't know it was about fancy dress and these adventures and whatever else. Um, I, I think it's kind of weird and odd and a strangely sort of perverted sense just running under the core of it. But I'm glad that it exists. I, d I don't think anybody needs this show. A show about a man who looks like a banker who wears a different fancy dress outfit to sort of have an adventure every week. I don't think we needed this show. And yet I'm glad that it's around. <laughs> because it is weird. 
and of its time and yeah I don't know if I would show it to my kids I, I don't have any but uh if they did exist I think there's better things I could watch <laughs> uh, um but but so so glad it happened so glad it happened <laughs> I I think this is the thing for me this is like this is one of those perennials that you know a hardy just, perennial a hardy perennial right Yes, it, it's not great. No one's crying out for it. No one's going, oh, I really wish they'd made more of that. But it's a, it's a solid enough choice of something that, that, and proven by the fact that it was repeated ad nauseum for 30 years. You yeah, know. yeah. What, um, what did they do with the update? Why did we not watch the update episode? Well, uh, because it's done exactly the same style as the other one, so basically really? you wouldn't. They know the didn't difference update at all. it. They did not update it. It's it's another adaptation of one of Dave McKee uh, David McKee's books, okay. um, but it involves another character that he's met in a previous book. So they kind of have this thing where he's like, "Oh, hello, friend," uh, in the in the show, even though he's not met him in the TV show before. If you if you were going to update it though, what would you do with it? Oh my god! Well, I'd avoid all the standard things. Like, no, I'd give him an iPad. I would I would just give Mr. Ben an iPad. Yeah. Not have him do anything with it. Just have him carry it around in every adventure like, oh, I don't have an iPad. He could have an iPad to select his his new outfit. Oh. Like trying on some different options on the you know, add a add a chef's hat and, you know, do this, do that. That would that would be the best thing to do. You remember those books you used to get as a kid where it's like you have a, a different flap for like the head and then the body and then the legs? I do know what you're talking about, Will, but we were talking about updating, not going back in time. <laughs> but no, if you had something like that where he could wear multiple costumes at once yeah, and have like a really dissonant adventure. Mm. So it's like, ah, oh, he's a chef who's also a cowboy who's also a mermaid. We should, we should have a woman, have Ms. Ben... Ms. Ben. <laughs> Ms. Ben. And um, it's just, she just puts on a different filter on her face. <laughs> she tries out a filter and magically it takes her to the life of that filter and she just has to live her life as a different influencer every week. <laughs> Coming soon to a TV channel near you. <laughs> there we are. We've improved it for the future. I didn't say improved. I said updated. <laughs> And I don't believe that updates are improvements. <laughs> Long established. Anyway, Liz, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, like, subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, who's been reviewing us. It means so much to us. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, thank you and bye.